0: Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. The book of Galatians and chapter number six. And if you don't have your Bible with you, there should be one near or around you, perhaps in the back of the seat in front of you, maybe in the back of the seat behind you. But we would encourage you, if you do not have a copy of God's Word, to pick up that copy and follow along with us. And uh, in fact, if you don't own a copy of God's Word at all, that would be our gift to you. We would love for you to take that with you as you go from this place this morning. We believe there's nothing more important than having God's Word in your hand and in your life. So the book of Galatians, and believe it or not, this is our final sermon in our Galatians series. We've made it to the end, okay? And Galatians chapter number 6, and we're going to go to the last few verses of the chapter. So you're going to look for big number six—that's the chapter number—and then you're going to look for small number eleven—that's the verse. All right. So it's called chapter and verse. Galatians chapter six, verse eleven, down to verse number eighteen. And if you've found your place, and if you're willing and able, would you stand with me, out of respect for the reading of God's word? Galatians chapter six, verse eleven, to verse sixteen. Now, just because we're done with the Galatians series does not mean you don't have to come to church next week. (laughs) Now you got your hopes up. And next week we'll turn our attention to Luke chapter number 2. And uh, we'll spend the next three weeks... Uh, Looking at the Christmas story, I always enjoy going to Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1, John chapter 1, around this time of the year. And what a wonderful time of the year just to consider all that God's done for us uh, around the Christmas season. And more than, than Christmas is a holiday, Christmas is an understanding of what God did for us to bring us to himself. And so that's what we'll hang around doing the next few weeks is looking at the Christmas series. And then we'll be in 2019. How many of you can't even believe that I just said that? But we'll be in 2019. And uh, we have a brand new series that will start in January. It'll be a fun study and one that I know that uh, you'll gain much from, just like I will. So Galatians chapter number 6, verse number 11, down to verse 18. Ye see, how large a letter I have written unto you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a wonderful, wonderful beginning of that verse. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. And from henceforth let no man trouble me. How many of you love the beginning of that verse, right? I just wish everyone would leave me alone, right? From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Let's read verse number 18 together, shall we? Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity we have to be here this morning. We pray that you would use your word in our hearts and lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said together, Amen. Amen. Maybe seated. Saw a commercial this past week for an item that they were promoting, which was called an ab rocker. How many of you remember these things, right? I think we have a picture of one behind us here. They're going to put on the screen. This is a picture of this ab rocker in the. The premise of the commercial was that if you use this ab rocker two times a day, five minutes a time, then you can end up with abs that look like they've been chiseled from marble, right? That was the promise. you want a big muscle-bound man, he stands there, he says, you want abs like this? All you need to do is sit in this machine that looks like a teeter-totter and go back and forth for five minutes a day, and ta-da, you have Olympian-looking abs, right? I don't know any Olympic athletes that actually use this to get the abs that they want. Across the bottom of the the commercial was this little asterisk. Next to the asterisk was written this. Results, not typical. Typical. Results not typical, which means if you really want abs like this, you need some steroids, okay? You didn't quit your job, just live in the gym, and then get on this machine and you might look like this guy. But results not typical. Our culture, our society is one where we love the idea of transformation. We love the idea of new beginnings. We, we love the idea of fresh starts. We love the idea of chiseled abs. We just want it to be quick and painless. So I was looking up this ab rocker and then I found that there's like an ab rocker pro. And the ab rocker pro has these it has a, like an extended high back. It comes up like this high. The, the normal one's only this high. The, the Ab Rocker Pro comes up this high. And as you work out your abs, the advertisement is, it gives you a back massage. We want, we want abs. We just want a massage while we get them. We want abs to be quick, just five minutes a day, two times a day. We want it to be painless. Give me a massage while I'm getting that. And yet, that same idea bleeds into our understanding of Christian growth. One of the things about Christian transformation, one of the things about Christian growth, is that there is no asterisk at the bottom. There's no promise that it will be quick, And there's certainly no promise that it will be painless. This is what Paul is talking about in this passage. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. So Paul ends this letter written to the Galatians by coming back to an understanding of what the Gospel is. What is the Gospel? The Gospel is the good news that God has made a way for us to be made right with Him. And the way that He did that was through sending His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross in our place. And that we have something that we can boast in. We have something we can glory in. We have something we can pride ourselves in. And it is not in how well we obeyed the law. It is not in how talented we are. It is not in how beautiful. It is not in how popular. It is not in how successful. It is not in how much we know. It is in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've said this over and over, but the word glory in the Bible often means significance or weight. Sometimes glory is one of those words we use at church, but we never really stop to contemplate what it means. What does glory mean? Glory is our understanding of, of significance. It's our understanding of weight. It's, a, it's our understanding of importance. So the Apostle Paul is saying, I glory or find significance in, I find weight importance in not in what i've done religiously not in my not in my morality or civility not in my religiousness i find significance or weight or importance not in all that i've accomplished all the places i've preached all the people i've led to the lord all the churches i've started i don't find Importance or significance, and how much money I've got, or what my retirement looks like, or all the successful accolades of the world I don't find significance there. I find significance or glory or way I boast only in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are four ideas here. There's first, you see the enemies of the cross, it's verse number 12, verse 13. That these enemies of the cross are not boasting only in the cross of the Lord Jesus, but that they are boasting in something other than the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the verse number 12. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised. All they are interested in is people pleasing. All they Crave is the uh, applause of key people in their life. All they desire to do is make a a good impression outwardly. They, They boast, but they only boast in how many people they got to do what they deem was correct. And so, in this sense, they are this is your letter A they are insincere. They're insincere. As many as desire to make a fair show. That's an interesting phrase. They're really interested in real transformation. They're, in, they're interested in life change. They're, they're interested in, in eternity being uh, made right with the Lord and, and being spared the wrath of God. And no, they're not interested in that. They're only interested in making a fair show. Only putting on a show for all the people around them. And in this way, they are insincere. They're also, letter B, insecure. Notice, they desire to make a fair show in the flesh. They constrain you to be circumcised. All they want to know is what people are going to think about me, but also only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. That phrase, only lest, means unless they were to be. Kind of our understanding. They desire only to make a fair show gain applause and pleasure from important people in their lives so that, or unless, they, would might, they might suffer persecution, which is what the Apostle Paul says he himself has suffered. Only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. So in this sense, they're insecure. They're not secure in who they are and the relationship they have. They never really know, never really sure enough. This is one of the things the Apostle Paul has already pointed out about false religion. False religion never knows if it's done enough. It's never, it never, it's never certain that God is happy enough. If you, somebody else might be doing more, might be doing better, might be being more spiritual. And man, I, I I'm in competition with them. So false religion says you never really quite know if you're secure enough. And in in this way, these enemies of the cross are desiring to make a fair show. They they never really know if they've done enough. So, man, they can't have anything bad happen because they don't know how to process it. So they're insecure. Letter C, they're inconsistent. This is verse number 13. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. So, they themselves aren't doing what they know they're supposed to do. They, they, they are not, in the phrase would be like, you're not practicing what you preach, right? They, they themselves aren't doing what they're telling you you have to do. Again, the Apostle Paul's already made this. He's already made this argument. You can be under the law or you can be under grace. But what you need to know is that if you are under the law, you are under all of the law. And if you violate any of the law at any point, then you're guilty of violating the whole law. But if you are under grace, then you are under all grace. The Apostle Paul is saying these men who are such sticklers about uh, the law, and in this sense circumcision, they're not even being obedient to the law as it is completely revealed themselves. Mark it down, every single religion in the world, and there are hundreds of them, And they come in all shapes and all sizes, but every single religion in the world, when you boil it down, here's what they're saying. There's one way in which do these things and you might be made right with God. Every religion in the world is promising this. Do these ten things. Do these thirty things. Do these seven things. And maybe in the end, you might be right with God. But Christianity says something completely different. Christianity says, no, it's not that you do all of these things in order to be loved and accepted by God. It's that God sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on our behalf and thereby commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Every religion in the world says, you got to do, you got to be, you got to have, and just maybe in the end, if you're lucky, Maybe in the end, you'll end up with these results that are not typical. Results not typical. So they're inconsistent, they're insecure, they're insincere. And in this way, they are, Paul says, the enemies of the cross. But notice, when transformation does come. So, number one, the enemies of the cross. But number two, you see the message of the cross. That's verse number 14. But God forbid. But God forbid that I should glory or, or find significance or find identity or find importance or find success. That's what he's saying. And God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a very bold statement Paul gives at the end of this book. It's bold for several reasons, but mainly it's bold because Paul does not say that the cross is is one of the things that I glory in. Paul does not say the cross is one of the... There's a lot of things in my life that I'm proud of. There's a lot of things in my life that I boast in. There's a lot of things in my life that I glory in and the cross is one of them. He doesn't say that. He says the cross is the only thing I glory in. The cross is the only thing I boast in. The cross is the only thing That is important or significant in my life. More important than who your boyfriend or girlfriend is. More important than what grades you get. More important than what your academic standing is. More important than what job you work. More important than what salary you make. More important than what house you live in. More important than what kind of car you drive. More important than what your football team does or doesn't do. The boasting in the cross is far more important. Why? Because boasting in the cross is eternally important than all of those things those things compared to eternity matter nothing there's no ground for boasting in anything other than this one thing and what is the one thing for Paul the cross of Jesus Christ God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ Why then glory in the cross? Three ideas there. You see letter A, because the cross confronts us with the reality of our own sin. The cross confronts us with the reality of our own sin. If being made right before God, if being saved, if being justified, if this is a gift of unmerited favor that reveals the glory of God in you, by saving you despite of yourself, then what possibly is there about you that you could glory in? If, if, if the message of the cross, if the message of Jesus is that God showed, He displayed, He demonstrated, He proved, He commended His love to us, that He sent Jesus to die on the cross for us while we were yet sinners, sinners, then what is there in us that there is to boast about? You see, generally when people begin thinking about their relationship with God, they think about their relationship with God in terms of their best day. Well, well, God loves me because I go to church. Well, Well, God loves me because I'm religious. Well, God loves me because I give money. Because God loves me because I help the poor. And God loves me because I feed the needy. And God loves me because I'm a good citizen. And God loves me because of these things. But the message of salvation, the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, is God loves you on your worst day, not your best day. And God knows all the nastiness. God knows all the secrets. God knows all the hidden things of your heart. And yet, God loves you anyway. We've talked about this over and over, but if you could hook a mind-reading machine up to my mind and then display the thoughts, my thought life from this past week on this screen right here, there's not very many people in the room that are going to stick around for the end of the sermon, you know? You're going to be going, Wow! That's the kind of stuff the pastor was thinking. That's the kind of stuff the pastor was saying. That's the kind of guy he is. I'm not listening to him talk anymore. But before you get up and walk out, if we hook that same mind reading machine up to your mind and we display your thoughts from this past week on this screen, I would not waste my time this morning preaching to you. And yet this is the reality of the cross of Christ. Why does Paul say I glory only in the cross? Because it confronts us with the reality of our own sin. Paul does not glory in Jesus walking on the water. Paul does not glory in that Jesus raised Lazarus from the tomb. Paul does not glory in Jesus' teaching of the Beatitudes. Paul does not glory in that Jesus touched and healed the leper. Paul does not glory in any of these things. He appreciates them. He knows them. His life of faith is enriched by them. But Paul glories, finds significance, finds value, finds weight for this life only in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what this means for you, and here's what this means for me. This means this it does not matter how you walked in here this morning. You are not beyond the reach of God Almighty. No matter how your week looked. It's not to say that your your week was not a train wreck. It might have been. It is to say that you have not sinned so badly that God's Grace is now no longer available to you. No, God's grace is available to you. And it's available to you in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The cross confronts us with the great reality of our sin. Let it be, the cross conveys how willing God is to save us from our sin. But God commended, we used this verse already, but God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners... And not while we were church going. That while it was Friday night, not while it was Sunday morning. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Maybe one of the most famous verses in all the world, John chapter 3, verse number 16. For God so loved the world. God loves you so much that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the greatest gift made available in all of the history of all of the world. The gift of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on our behalf. It, it, It is to say this. It is to say this that you have not done in your life anything that would cause you to be removed from the grace that God is offering to you at this very moment. One example. The example is the men and women found in the pages of the Bible. You know the Bible talks about a man by the name of David. How many of you have ever heard of King David before? Let me see, raise your hand. The Bible talks about a man by the name of David. And when you get to the New Testament, looking back at David's life, the New Testament writers say this about David, King David. They say David was a man after God's own heart. And David is famous for a lot of things in the Bible. He's famous for killing Goliath. How many of you, how many of you knew that about David? He killed, he's the youngest brother. He kept the sheep. He, he brought the, uh, defeated the Philistines. He been, unifies the nation of Israel. He does all kinds of wonderful things. But you also know this about David? David is an adulterer. And not only did he commit adultery, he then killed the man whose wife he committed adultery with. Now chances are you had a bad week this last week. But chances are you did not murder and commit adultery last week, right? And yet when you read the New, when you read the New Testament, it says about that man, that that is a man after God's own but as it says, it's to teach you and me that no matter what nastiness exists inside of your heart or my heart, no matter what nastiness exists inside of our thinking, no matter what nastiness exists inside of our lives, we are not exempt. It does not remove us from the grace that is available to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not to say that those things are okay. Those things certainly are not okay. It is to say that the way in which those things are made right is through the forgiveness that is made available through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God does not take your sin and mine and sweep it under the rug and pretend that it doesn't exist. God takes your sin and mine and He nailed it to the cross of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and He dealt with our sin there. So Paul says, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The only good thing in me is Christ. That's what he's saying. How many of you would echo that same sentiment? The only good thing in me is Jesus. Amanda and I are trying to be wise stewards with the four souls that God has given to us. Gabriel, Ethan, Elena, and Jesse. We try to teach them correctly, we try to raise them in church, we try to read the Bible to them at home, we try to model for them what we message to them on Sundays. We've had people over to our house, they've sat at dinner with us, my children have listened to Amanda, have deep conversations with other men or women about Jesus. My kids have gone to the hospital and made visits with us. Gabriel was with me while we were in the young's house and he just about passed out while we were having prayer over one of their family members. They've gone to funerals with us. There's very little that we hide from our children. We try to show them exactly who it is that the Lord has called us to be and what it is that we feel like the Lord has called us to do. And we hope and pray like a fire over their lives and trusting that something we say will take root in their heart. And that as they grow, that they will love Jesus, that they'll follow Jesus. But if my children love and follow Jesus, it's not because of me and Amanda. It's because of Jesus only, that's why. If there's any good thing about First Baptist Church Long Beach, it is this. It's because of Jesus, that's it. It's not because we have the best choir. It's not because we have the friendliest people. It's not because we have the nicest facilities. It's not because we're in the greatest city. I think all of those things are true. It's not because of any of that. It's because of Jesus alone that's it. If I have a good marriage, it's not because of me or Amanda. There are plenty of times that I'm sure she wants to strangle me. If we have a good marriage, my boast is in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I have good health, my boast is in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing in me that is in my flesh. There dwelleth no good thing at all. Any good in us is because of what God has given to us by way of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In this sense, Paul says, I glory only in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us see then, the cross comforts us with security. Here's what he says, the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. The world is by whom? But The cross. The cross is... The cross of Jesus Christ by whom the work, the finished work of Jesus is the way in which I am crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me. It is to say that the world has nothing for us. We don't think like the world thinks. We don't live for the same thing that the world lives for. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. It's not here. It's in heaven with God, secure forever. This world is not the source of our life. This world is not the source of our satisfaction. This world is not the source of our joy. The only joy, the only satisfaction, the only hope, the only peace the only life we have is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. The cross reminds us that our safety is not here. Our security is not here. But it is someplace else. It is, it is this. The cross keeps us from wasting our lives on things that will not matter. Think 10 billion years from now. 10 billion years from now, you will exist somewhere. And if you've put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, your home is prepared in heaven with God, forever reserved by His Spirit, which He's put in your heart. All of this is what Galatians has taught us. And what Paul is saying, the cross reminds us that we live 10 billion years from now. And so we should live now for the things that matter 10 billion years from now. And not for the things that don't matter now. In this world, in this life, it's a vapor that appears for just a little time. And then it vanishes away. You, you get maybe 75 years on this planet. Maybe 75 years. Just the nature of what we do as a church. We do a lot of funerals. We do far more funerals for people under the age of 75 than we do for people over the age of 75. You get maybe 75 years give or take But hear me, friend, you will live for millions and millions and millions of years, someplace other than right here. So live for what really matters. And give your life to the things that really count. By this, by what? The cross of Christ. By this, the world is crucified to me and I unto the world. I was talking with someone this past week. They were reminiscing about how he found all of his his old high school friends. How many of you can remember high school? Let me see. Raise your hand. How many of you are like, high school? I don't even know what that is. That was so long ago, right? Remember high school? This next year, man and I celebrate 20 years of being graduated. hard to even think that way, isn't it? Like 20 years out of high school. Can't even wrap my mind around that. Remember when you were in high school? Remember how you thought that pimple was just going to ruin life? I mean, that pimple right there on that forehead, ninth grade year was a disaster because of that pimple right there, right? And now here you are, 20 years removed from high school, and you look back at that and you're like, man, I'm glad that's over. In the same way, we look in eternity back on this life, and Paul, the writers of the Bible, are calling us to say, think about, live for what matters there, not what matters here. The cross comforts us with this security. It takes us to our identity. It keeps us from wasting our own lives. This is what Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 2. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I but Christ that liveth in me and the life that I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, when and how did Jesus give himself for us? He gave himself for us on the cross. That's when and how he did that. That in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, we've been set free from the need of, of approval of those around us. We've been set free from the need to live according to what the world says matters. We've been set free from the need to have validation from people in and through. We can just live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because in the cross, you are actually free to be who God made you to be. And we, we, we actually say, only in the cross are you free to be the person that God actually made you to be. So, Paul's point then is number, thir- number three, the power of the cross is what he says in verse 15. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. So, the cross works a transformative power into a person's life in this way, in that you are now made a new creature. You, you're, you're something brand new. In the Lord Jesus Christ, you're someone brand new, that you are not the person that you used to be, that you are someone new altogether. He says this same argument when he writes to the Corinthian church in chapter five, verse seven, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. That in Christ, that is, in faith, with faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are now made someone new. That neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. Circumcision represented the way in which these Jewish rituals and traditions... Would, would help us to live well before God so that God might be happy with us. Uncircumcision represented the way in which the, the Greeks were, were living with this lascivious lifestyle. They were playing loose and, and free and fun with this grace that they had been given. They were not pursuing holiness. They were not pursuing godliness. And in both of these ways, Paul says, neither of these things matter. Here's what matters. Christ in you, that's the hope of glory. So it's not circumcision his points letter a it's not circumcision letter b it's not uncircumcision it's letter c it's a new creation all together the right reading of the text is anyone who is in Christ is something new all together anyone who has put their faith in Christ you are given in Christ a brand new life. It's what Jesus talks in John chapter 3, a brand new birth. You're given this brand new life. The former life and the new life is what's been now offered to you. Hear me. Jesus did not die on the cross to make you nice. Jesus died on the cross to make you new. Jesus did not die on the cross just to change a few things inside of you. Jesus died on the cross to transform you all together and make you someone brand new. God has not given us better lives on the cross. God has given us a new life on the cross. The cross puts to death But hear me on this one. we got to be done. The cross also makes a life. They took Jesus down off of that cross. They placed him in a grave. And then in three days, Jesus walked out of that tomb. Physically, literally, walked out of the grave, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And he ascended to the right hand of the throne of God. And there, at the right hand of the throne of God, Jesus ever makes intercession for you. And so that's a really big idea, but here's what that means. Jesus and God are having a conversation, and they're talking about you right now. You know, what does God talk about all day? He talks about you. There's so what one author said. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. This is how much he loves you. This is how much he cares about you. And this is how much purpose in life he's giving to you. And he did this not in making your life painless. He did this not in doing it quickly. He did this not in promising you that you love Jesus and you'll become a billionaire. He did this in sending the Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross on our behalf. Now that you've been given this life in Christ, pursue Christ. Go after God. Pursue holiness. Walk in this brand new life that God's given to you. That's what he says. Verse 16. And as many as walk according to this rule. Don't you love the fact that it does not say as many as run? Walking is one of those images in the Bible that just translate, communicate rather for us exactly what our approach is. And our relationship with Jesus is. It's not a race, it's a walk. He does not say, and as many as somersault after the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for that? You should see me attempt a somersault. It's awful. It's just a walk. You, you remember the images in Galatians chapter 5? Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now he brings that same image back to the end of the book, and he says, and as many as just walk after this rule, and and as many as walk after this idea, as many as walk after what? It's all grace, it's all law. And if it's all grace, it's all grace reigning in your life. But if you say it's all law, it's what you did, it's how well you are, it's how talented, it's how popular, it's how successful, it's how pretty, it's how rich, it's how whatever, it's all me, then be prepared. It has to all be you. But to the degree that you recognize any good in me is because of Christ, not because of me. To that degree, you are willing to say this. From henceforth, let no man trouble me. For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Watch me, I've got to be done. To the degree that you're willing to say, it's all Jesus and not me. It's all God's grace, it's not me. It's all faith in him, it's not the strength of my flesh. To the To the degree that you're willing to say that, you are also willing to say, let no man trouble me. I do not need approval. I do not need the pat on the back. I don't need the validation. I don't need the acceptance. I don't need the promotion because I know I'm accepted in the Lord Jesus Christ in the eyes of God. So let no man trouble me. Listen, to the degree that you say, it's all Jesus and not me, you can then say, let no man trouble me. I don't, I don't need that affirmation. I don't need that approval. I, don't need, I, can just, I can finally be free to go after the Lord Jesus and walk in the Spirit. But you are also able to say, and I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the degree that you understand, it's all Jesus in me, that's it. You can at one point, in one sense, say, I don't need the approval affirmation, pat on the back from anyone. I can just go after Jesus. And at the same time, you're able to say, but at the same exact sentence, in the same exact verse, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's this. It's, it's a self-denying pursuit of God. You remember what Jesus says to the disciples? I want to come after you, Jesus. I want to come after you. I I will be your greatest follower. And what does Jesus say? Well, then go home and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and then come after me. And the young man goes away, what does the Bible say? Sorrowful because he had great possessions. His possessions were more important to him than the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not so in Paul's case. Paul says, the most important thing to me The most important weight, the most significant event in my life, the most significant person in my life is not CEO, it's not promotion, it's not money, it's not boyfriend, girlfriend, it's not children, parents, it's it's not relatives, it's not famous people I know. The most important person in my life is the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm in pursuit of him. And to the degree that you pursue him, let no man trouble me, and I'm willing to pick up my cross and go after him. The disciples go. What this guy? This guy could have had a lot to offer us. Jesus, do you know who he is? Yeah, but unless a man picks up his cross, he cannot come after me. It brings you to this place where you're willing to deny self. Oh man, Christmas time, pastor, really? Christmas, in between Christmas and Thanksgiving, you're going to talk about denying self? We were were not denying self when we went for thirds, fourths, and fifths at Thanksgiving. And now it's Christmas, and we're going to talk about denying self? I already have a list 27 things long of what I need, need, mind you, not want, need for Christmas our kids were little, we'd give them the, the toy magazine, and we'd say, all right, circle anything in the book that you want for Christmas. How many of you have done things like this with your kids? We'd give them, circle anything you want for Christmas. Gabriel and Ethan get the book. They, they hold the book for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. They hand it back to, to Amanda, and Amanda goes, wow, that was really fast. She opens up the toy book, and literally every item in the book was circled. The only thing X'd out was like the Barbie toys. I mean, I'm thankful for that. But everything else was circled, yes. I think they might have even taken the Barbie toys had we bought them for them, right? But they always like, go, oh, I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. Like, the idea was to give us a few things to help know what we should buy you for Christmas. Here, here's the call to us at the end of Galatians. Here's the call to us. Let us walk after this rule. This is what I want for myself. This is what I want for my relationship with Amanda, what I want for my children. This is what I want for us as a church. Let us walk after this rule. Let's go after God. Let's live for the things that matter. What matters? His name. His glory. His honor. And God forbid that we should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. And may grace and peace be in your spirit. Amen.